We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Coming to you live Sunday, December 3rd. I am joined by the starting five tonight. I've got my guy J.D. Silva with me. Hello. We've got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. Nick Crane is in the house. I could go for a 30 0 run right now. How about you guys? And we got TP, Taylor Peterson. Do we really have to uh, revisit that one? You know, let's just take the W and move on. Before we <laughs> dive into this Dallas game that these gentlemen are alluding to and talk a whole bunch of other Thunder and NBA basketball, I want to let you guys know that we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can also find us anywhere you download your pods, whether that be Apple, Spotify. You can find us on all social medias. We are live streaming on YouTube every show. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So make sure to go follow along for all of your Thunder content. You can also snag some sick Thunder merch as we head into the holiday season by visiting cottonbureau.com, searching the Uncontested Podcast. Justin's been in the lab recently. Yeah. Cooked up. Uh, Justin, you want to let the people know what you cooked up in the lab? And don't say meth? <laughs> oh, other than that. Uh, the Chettysburg address is live on cottonbureau.com. And so if, if you haven't seen that and you want to see what Abraham Lincoln would look like if doing the sham God, then I encourage you to go check it out. It looks awesome. What a good idea. After, <laughs> and, and it's like you dropped it the day after Chet had his like his his interview or whatever it was with true? NBA, which was just like one gigantic, super long, like Elon Musk X.com tweet. Uh, I actually, so, I actually paid them to do that to promote yeah, for sure. It was perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, lot to break down tonight. We have not talked about the Thunder versus Dallas game, so that's a good that's a good comment. 
It is. Uh, we have not talked about the OKC Dallas game, so we're going to dive into that. Uh, two of these guys were at that game, so we'll get their perspectives as well. We're going to revisit our preseason bets as we not approach, as we are at the quarterway mark of the NBA season. Already at 25% buy. Time Crazy. Flies, time flies That's when you're having wild. fun. We will give us uh, an update on the standings of who is best at predicting games. We'll predict next week before we take our trip around the association. So the Thunder last night go down to Nick and Justin's neck of the woods to Big D and beat the Mavericks 126-120 in a game that was completely and utterly drunk. Justin, Nick, you guys were both in attendance. So I'm going to let you kind of kick us off here. Uh, we can start wherever you want. If you want to start with the big theme or just what the the atmosphere in the arena was like and what being there in person was like for that game, especially that fourth quarter, uh, kind of just going to cut it loose to you guys and let you riff on however yeah. you feel about that game. I took my kid. So my analysis may be light because I was mostly, you know, trying to funnel popcorn in and things like that. And like explain like what a free throw is. Uh, other than that, it was great environment like before game people were fired up good crowd um i've been to lots of thunder mavs games especially in recent years and this was the first one that felt that i've been to where it's like actual stakes involved i've been to a lot where it's like i know the thunder tanking and they're probably gonna lose but like i'm just here for good time and last night coming into it it's like man i really want the thunder to win this one like that would just be great lots of okc jerseys as always and then when the Thunder were just absolutely destroying them, I was laughing because the people around us, I could tell like they were they were pretty diehard Mavs fans and they were talking about anything but the game. Uh, they were they were talking about college football. I heard people talking about the playoff rankings. They were questioning. I forget who the player was, but they were like, who is this guy? It's some two way player that they had. And they were, you know, uh, ruminating on the fact that the Mavericks only have five NBA quality players on their roster. And then the run happened and the people next to us literally left and it was a late tip. And I asked my kid, I was like, do you want to leave? Like, it's okay. The thunder up by 25. If you want to go home and he's like, no, I want to stay. And thank goodness we did. Uh, that arena was insane. Like one of the loudest arena experiences, especially like as it climbed and as the Mavs took the lead, it was nuts. That place was lit. I can see, like we talk about, the the youth of this team so often that was as legit of a road environment as they've maybe ever faced which makes their response so much better like the fact that they endured that not just the run but the crowd and the emotion and Luca screaming at people and how bad the thunder looked throughout that run to compose yourself and walk out of there with a victory was nuts and I got fired up as a fan. I started returning their belligerence back to them. Uh, oh, hell yeah. In front of the seven-year-old, too. I mean, he was getting involved, too. Um, he let as, as soon as the final buzzer sounded, <laughs> he screamed at the top of his lungs. And as we're walking out of the arena, he told me, I didn't talk for the last few minutes because I was saving my breath in case they won so I could scream. <laughs> I was like, that's I insane. Yes. <laughs> Jess has never been more proud as a dad. So anyway. Justin, Justin's got a seven-year-old talking shit in the American Airlines Dude, arena yes. already. Imagine like six foot seven Justin like bowing up there at the, like the last minute. 
anyway, the that's, we're talking that's all that crap. That's my synopsis of like what it felt like. There, that wasn't much analysis, but like that's what it felt like to be in the arena and kind of witness that. Uh, unbelievable. Definitely, definitely a memory I'll always have. Yeah. Barring a situation in which it was playoffs or like a Russell Westbrook or a KD return. That's one of the loudest regular season games I've ever attended in my entire Same. life. Like so dang loud. It's like extremely, extremely, extremely like kudos to the Dallas fans. Um, that 30 0 run as it was happening. It's like, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this and come to find out that's the longest <laughs> run in NBA history. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, it, I figured, but I didn't know that it had officially been like the stat had been looked up. That's wild. And it was like, it was this sort of like leveling up, like as they chipped away, the crowd kind of got back into it. And as they really got close, it got louder and louder. And then finally, when that bucket to tie it, it was excruciatingly loud. And you just sit there and think like, I, I turned to the guy next to me and said, well, they're showing their youth. They can't stop a run. It was multiple timeouts. Mark tried stopping yeah, that run. Yep. His yeah, team could yes. not do it. And then they ended up doing it. It's a learning experience. Um, is it something that they wish would have happened that way? No, but I guarantee at some point in time, whether it's this season, next season, regular season playoffs, there'll be another run like that and they'll be better equipped to handle it in the future. So, um, to, to echo Justin, it was super loud. I think the most interesting thing to me, first of all, the Thunder did not miss a lot in the first half, but we kind of saw a reverse phenomenon from early in the season where they were shooting really, really well from the floor, from three, um, from the free throw line, but they were getting there a lot and they weren't taking a lot of shots. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but last night, I don't know if you have the final box score pulled up. Be curious to see how it leveled out. But early in the third quarter, Oklahoma City had like 20 more field goal attempts. 20. Hmm. It ended up being a difference of 13, okay. 100 to 87. Uh, but there was also a difference of 13 free throw yes. attempps. Yeah. Yes. That, and that, that was also, it was, a, it was a 20 field goal, 12 free throw attempt. When I'd looked up, um, that was going on. And, and that, that was really the difference. And, and part of that's creating turnovers. Part of that is second chance opportunities. Oklahoma City was actually decent on the glass last night. But I think that, like, obviously it was a crash and burn. But as efficient as this team has been this year, if they can be the team that generates more attempts from the floor, I don't think what you saw in the first half is like, holy crap, that's unsustainable. Like, they weren't shooting lights out. They were making a lot, but it wasn't like it was... They shot like 50% from three in the first half. Let's shoot. They were, like, what, 40 on the Shout season? Davis Bertans. I mean, Just 50, saying. 50 in the NBA is not... It's <laughs> not like they were Davis. 70 or 80. This no, is you're true. right. Like, there will be a lot of 50% three-point shooting halves this season for the Thunder. It's just the volume they were getting the shots. Totally. When when you're plus 20 on the field goal attempts and you're shooting well, you're not going to lose. Yep. And they sustained a 30-0 run. And, and that's won. what stood out yeah. in the run is the shots didn't go down. Like, no-brainer, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but it was the shots they were taking. Mm -hmm. Um... I think they, they lost some of their, uh, what's the word? You know what it was? Like, and, and I'm curious if the guys watching on the TV heard anything or saw anything. Dallas threw zone at them. They didn't know what the hell to do. We've yep. seen that a couple games in a row and now. And they packed the paint. Exactly. Man, it was weird. And it led to a lot of 
really open Dort shots. Felt like Not every like, shot was a Dort shot mm-hmm. in that run. I so I didn't get to watch a ton of this game, uh, just due to some other things going on. I had it on my phone, and then I definitely watched the fourth quarter. I turned it on right when the 30-0 run started. So sorry, folks. It's your fault. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think Dort had six field goal attempts going into the fourth quarter and then ended with 12, but still had the same amount of makes. Yep. So yeah. was, yeah. was six. Yep. Ended with 13. He was four or 13 from, from the floors. Uh, the exact same as Josh Giddy, who played Yikes. significantly less minutes as Lou Dort. And it, it felt like a uh, Lou Dort prayer was the only way the Thunder were going to try and get well, out of that. And the run. problem was, like, right, like this team is bred to take the open shot, regardless mm-hmm. of who it is. Mm-hmm. And the Mavs exploited that. You did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know you that did. we've seen another team exploit it like that. Like, yeah, we're going to leave Dort open every time. And if Lou Dort beats us from behind the arc, then I guess we'll take that. And he's proven he can do that, though. Mavs. Like, if he splashes yeah. two of those, it's a completely yeah. different story. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And now, on the flip side, you see, not intentionally, I don't know if I could even count the number of wide open threes, especially in the corner. Yes. Oklahoma City yep. game up. Derek Jones Jr. shoots like maybe five three point attempts per night. What do they have? 12 or 14 last night? <laughs> there was something fundamentally wrong with the Thunder's defense last night. I don't know if it was a rotation or if they were just like aggressively crashing the paint when somebody drove or Derek Lively got the ball, or if they were doubling Luca and saying, make him make him make the cross court pass, whatever they were doing resulted in so damn many wide open corner threes. In the Mm -hmm. first half, they weren't hitting him at that rate 30 a run. They were hitting them. Yeah. I think what it was, was they kept sending the double at Luca, which means the guy in the weak corner has to crash in and stop the roll, which leaves that weak corner wide open. Flip side of that coin, and you guys were kind of touching on it with the open Dort shots. One thing that I've kind of gone back and rewatched it a little bit. So the, the 30-0 run happens. Mark calls the final timeout with like, what, about four and a half minutes left in the game. The Thunder come back out, immediately get a J-Dub backdoor cut for a dunk. And the Thunder ended on a 15-3? to Something yeah, like that? Feels right. But if you go back and watch it, almost every bucket is a Shea pass to a Chet on the short roll, Chet catching at about the free throw line, and then just making the correct decision every time. Yep. Dort's open one time, so he kicks it to that corner. J-Dub cuts the baseline the next. And I just sat there, and and I when re-watching it, to have to guard a Chet Shea pick and roll, where Chet can short roll and make the correct basketball choice out of that short roll, Every time <laughs> that's the future, that's like the next eight years of Thunder basketball, guys. Yep, and it's like, nice that, to see that, them. That is what you want Shea and Chet screen and roll at the top, J dub on one side, whoever's going to be on the other side, and then you play this unselfish brand of basketball where Chet can make every read out of that short roll. That's that's elite level basketball, and that is what will win you. Playoff games, honestly. 100%. I, I think uh, Rabar uh, laid this out really well. To your point, Jacob, after the Thunder went on that 30, 30, or sorry, after the Mavericks went on that 30 0 run, we had uh, the dub dunk. He had one go ahead layup plus two big time free throws. We had Chet, which I thought was just maybe a rookie of the year, like staple of play down the stretch where he had. 
three blocks and two offensive putbacks for four, four points, which is just phenomenal. We can talk a lot about Chet here, I think, uh, to end the game, even though it wasn't one of his better games. Isaiah Joe had a three-pointer to make it a one-point game, and obviously we had the Shea dagger steal and the 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 uh, the bucket in transition. And he I, I wanted to that. ask you guys about that real quick. Sorry not to cut you off, Taylor, but Justin and Nick, you mentioned how loud it was in that arena during the run. How quiet did he was get? Was it deafening yeah. whenever Shea pick sixed it? <laughs> yeah, because I was deafening. screaming at everyone with an earshot. Um, <laughs> there was joking. plenty of Thunder fans through last night. Like it, it wasn't like it was dead silent when Shea. It wasn't like this. Yeah. It wasn't like a cut the cord. This one's over. Everyone's there was there was noise for sure. Uh, gotcha. The lady in front of me, she enjoyed herself some grown girl beverages. And she had a she had a homemade sign on, on her phone. She went into Instagram stories and typed in "Let Go Mavs" instead of "Let's Go Mavs," <laughs> Let's go. and was holding it like waving it in the air all night. And I really wanted to like get a, a video of it, but I couldn't do that without being a weirdo. Um, and it was really funny to me when the Thunder were just like destroying them, and then they came back and I was like, "Oh, never mind. It's not as funny." And then at the end. It was kind of funny. Like, just let go, man. It was funny again. Just let go. Let, let go. Up. <laughs> but uh, no, it it that that play, his quote post game about just like, yeah, a lot of teams just run that like a script, and they were being pretty lackadaisical about it. And I went for it. Like, that's such a sneaky vet move to hear that from Shay. Like, just to go go along with what you were saying, Jacob, of like Chet making the right play every time down the floor, combined with like. Shea being able to recognize in that moment, hey, they're jogging through the motions on this inbound, and I'm gonna go like get on them. Who's that remind you of? Fall. Who's that remind you of? Russell Westbrook. You know who it reminds me of? Say it, Nick. Chris Paul. Yeah. Oh, that is that is quite literally Chris Paul. That's yeah. a good. That yeah, is the, uh, the mentor that. there. I like that. There, there's a ton of other things we can talk about this game. We're already pretty deep into it, um, but I think there's some big things we need to hit. Uh, JD, I'm going to give you uh, a plethora of options here. You choose which thing you want to talk about. Okay. Okay. Uh, you've got the Latvian laser and his return <laughs> to Dallas. The revenge um, game. We can talk about really any bench guys, Kaysen Wallace, Jay Will, Kenrich Williams. We can talk about J-Dub, or we can talk about Josh. I kind of want to talk about J-Dub. Um, I think okay. he, he had a phenomenal night. And uh, my experience uh, viewing this game, just very quickly, I was uh, out at Prairie Ale for the first half. Um, I was like, cool. We're friends up of huge. the podcast. Yeah, friends of the podcast. We're up We're up big. Go home. I'm just kind of chilling, watching it, walking in and out of the living room. And I uh, saw it start slipping away. And I remember what happened after the 30-0 run. Um, and it was it was the quote-unquote big three of the Thunder, particularly J-Dub making – Really, really good plays uh, in connection with Chet and J-Dub's line 23, 5, and 5 on 9 of 19. Um, I remember a play where he just left Luca in the dust in the in the last couple minutes. It was the, my man's been frozen for however long <laughs> meme. Um, it was phenomenal. He looked like himself. Uh, I think it was the first game where he looked entirely like himself since that hip injury uh, last week. Can't I say think that maybe the play that. you're referring to was down the stretch that put the Thunder up to yeah. Where, yeah, he kind of isolated, blew past Luca. Yes. Went up against Derek Lively, who Lively. had a hell of a game. Yeah. And like went up and double clutched and then like kind of almost jellied it back underneath his under. arm. Yep. 
he had a fast break layup too late. That was nuts. Um, it really, really impressed with the execution of someone so young. Just the, the execution three of, five, of the three, three of those guys as well. Yeah, the execution of, of players that young. I don't know. It's uh, very special to watch. Definitely, uh, Taylor. You want to talk a little bit about Bertons? David Davis comes. Oh, and just I David think the bench at David Berghans uh, <laughs> comes off the bench and no just rat. had a <laughs> just had a, hey, like I always say, you can take the boy out of a wasso, but you can't Bugs. take the wasso out of the boy. I tell you what, Bertons did come in and play make it one more time, please. Uh, which one? The first one. Oh, okay. oh we no rat. <laughs> I feel like I'm Bugs. listening to a Roydy I'm going to be honest. I thought one of you guys just said that. I didn't realize that Silva had already Bugs. made out sounders. These are like some of the best sounders we may have. It's phenomenal. I have a lot. Oh, my. No, Don't we have a few more new like ones in the eight. chamber real quick? Not to get more? Taylor off. Yeah. Just, yeah, I added like five. We have this one. The doo-doo boys. <laughs> we got the doo-doo boys. We can use that whenever. Uh, we have. I've never made a parlay in my life. That'll be good. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the other three I played, just us saying books, 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 books. That's like four sounders right Never there. Ends. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, my oh my gosh. The next time we play the bucks, it's just going to be oh, absolutely yeah. off the rails. It'll be great. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like just kind of my biggest takeaway as a whole is you have, you know, Chet struggled offensively. So we're we uh, not talking about Bertons. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about Bertons anymore. You had uh, derailed Shay, it. Obviously, Giddy. I mean, neither of them really had significant offensive games. But you look at the bench as a whole, and obviously, Bertons led that with 15 points. There it is. Jay Will, uh, even Kenny Hustle's impact. Isaiah Joe coming off the bench, not having one of his bigger games, but just as a whole, the depth of this team is what really shined. I think uh, during this game is the reason that they were able to a get up by 20 points and b. When they went, it, it were able, when they were able to withstand a 30-0 run, a lot of that's due to the depth of this team. When Shea's not having a good game, while these other players aren't playing well like you would expect, it was guys like Bertans and Jay Will who I thought really shined as a whole. I think just the depth really stood out to me last night for this team. That's your guys' point. That was Bertans, yeah, kind of leading the charge. Fifteen on three shots. That's stupid, dude. <laughs> Hell. The effective yeah. field goal percentage is just yeah. busted. Both of his uh, fouled three pointers were kind of bad. Those but yeah. oh, he'll yeah. take yeah. it. Dude. My favorite, my favorite Bertans play was when he catches the ball on a cut. Yes, not yes. four feet from the basket. Probably Dude. could have just like a little flip shot up there for a little two pointer. Doesn't even look at the basket when he catches it. Dribbles straight to the opposing corner and shoots and a fadeaway, falling out of bounds. <laughs> Bucket contested three and just drills and it, it was just in the corner. It was wet. That was, the that was wild. I tweeted about this, but there was a Mavs fan behind me that said, like, he was saying a swear word. <laughs> That's so a sounder good. right there. Like on, like on Scooby Doo when they unmasked the villain. Yes. Like, Latvian laser. <laughs> exactly. That's incredible. Um, Nick, a few uh, other numbers. I'm just going to throw them out. You can choose which one you want to talk about. Okay. All right. Uh, Case and Wallace, 12 field goal attempts. Uh, you just stole my Bertans one. Um, what was the other number I was going to throw? Oh, uh, so Kaysen Wallace, 12 field goal attempts, or Josh Giddy one assist? Let's go Kaysen. Um, 
programming note, his high school team was there supporting him. Um, had a ton of friends and family there supporting him. It was a homecoming game. The team that drafted him, the team he presumably grew up watching and following and um, probably spent many nights in those stands watching Luka Doncic thinking, man, that's that guy's awesome. And then all of a sudden is guarding him. He's locking him up. Isolation, getting absolutely stroked on by like, dude, a couple of those Luca had were nuts. Um, can't say anything on this pod with that. You guys give me faces. Probably, probably a crazy surreal moment for him. And then oh, yeah. I mean, played really, really well. I think the 12 field goal attempts, um, not that he didn't have the green light normally, but I'm sure Mark said, Hey man, it's your night. Go, go get well, some was it pregame or the day before the game where Mark said they've been talking to him about being more aggressive with his drives. He said that, he, that he had a almost like conversation with Kaysen about that. Yeah. Encouraging him like, don't worry about like your efficiency and like, like be more aggressive. We want you to, to expand your game. And I felt like he was that last night for sure. Is that kind of, am I, am I just crazy? And as I missed this, is his little pocket three celebration new or has he always done that? I think it's new. Cause I haven't, yeah, I, I don't recall I ne- saying it. I didn't realize it till last night. It, it's probably harder. I don't, I don't go to a ton of games in person. Um, it, it's, it's a cool. So at first I thought he like hurt his hand. Cause as soon as he made it, he like put his hand on his hip <laughs> and I was like, so Oh good. God. And then he made another one. And he did the same thing. And, I, and then his Instagram post today, someone commented pocket rocket. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a new, it's a new thing for him. I, I, uh, like, I like Jay Will's three point celebration where he just holds out the gun. I wish, I wish I could get a picture of him holding that to the, like the side of my head. That'd be a dope photo. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jay Will, great game from him. I, great game from him. Four of four from saying, three in the first half. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Jay Will. Ended up going yeah. four or five from three, four or six from the floor. I mean, that is just, uh, that was huge. pretty good. He's like pretty I mentioned, good. especially when the starters weren't making shots and were struggling from outside. Uh, Jay Will coming in, guys like Casey Wallace coming in, obviously Verton's coming in, be able to spread the floor from three. I mean, that's really what kept the Thunder alive. Uh, yeah. and that's what led to the 20-point lead. Yeah. And that's what kept them alive and yep. how they were able to respond to that 30-0 run that the, the Mavericks had, not to sound like a broken record. Justin, yes, two more numbers. You get to choose which one you want to, want to talk about. Um, I'm going Giddy, one assist again. Three numbers. We can go Giddy, one assist. Giddy, 17 minutes. Or Isaiah Joe, seven rebounds, which would be second on the team. Can I talk about both Giddy numbers at once? Sure. Feels like I could. Um, terrible. Basically, uh, not, not a great game from Giddy. Not a good stretch from Giddy. Not a good start to the season from Giddy. But definitely last night, I mean, the most forgettable performance he's had this season. Least number of minutes he's played this season. Didn't play at all after like the, I think it was like the eight minute mark in the mm-hmm. third, like yep. pretty early. And it was, it was the right call. Uh, he was not, he was not having a good game on either end of the floor. And lots of other guys were, we just talked about Kaysen, like Kaysen earned his minutes. Kenrich had great minutes. There was lots of other places for the thunder to go other than Josh Giddy. I thought it was really interesting in the midst of the in in the midst of the run that he didn't get a shot or like nothing was working on that run like i was waiting and, for that 
yeah, they tried some weird stuff in the middle of that run, which we, we haven't gone too deep on that, but like there was a lineup where they had no bigs, just none at all. And then there was like three Derek Lively alley oops in a row. <laughs> they put chat <laughs> back led, in. Yep. Led um, to a, they don't time out. It, but like they tried, it seemed they seemingly tried everything, but seemed to have no interest playing Josh Kitty. Do you read more into that at, at this point? Not, not necessarily, right? It's a one game experience, but the trend when you, when you zoom out and look at the overall trend, not been great for Josh. Um, I think this even is even pre off court things. I think it's totally everybody. I, I had a lot of replies on the very rational, reasonable uh, x.com where you know, obviously the most constructive conversations are, are had these days. Um, yeah. but like my response was he wasn't any better or, or performing any better really prior to the booze. He's, he's <laughs> had a, he's had a rough start to the season and it's not gotten better at this point. Is that to say that it won't get better? Not necessarily. He had a slow start last year and he turned it around. It's getting to that point where the sample size is starting to feel statistically significant or you start to wonder like, when does he, when does he turn that corner? And unfortunately, like you alluded to it, Taylor, the off the court issues may exacerbate that and may change what the course could have been. We don't know. And we won't ever know that, but it's his, his play has not been what this thunder team needs from him. And they have enough mouths to feed now unlike last year where he may start getting some minutes cut to, yeah. to challenge the second part of what you just said, not to really challenge it, just another perspective. Yeah. There are a lot more mouths to feed. So I would expect that his production likely goes down. Like totally. he's not been as efficient this year. Like that's, that's a fact, but he's also taken like three less shots. He's also played a lot less minutes. So like when his assist numbers are down, his points are down. Like that's, probably expected. Um, I just think that, sure. I just think that as I, I think that the Josh Giddy on court, um, anger about the way he's playing by the fan base is, is way blown over. hundred percent agree. Um, is he, is he playing worse than last year? Yeah. But given the role, the minutes, the usage, the ball in hands, like you can't expect him to average what he did last year. I don't so, think we're asking him to. We're asking him to be efficient, and I would hope that he'd be able to impact the game at a high enough level where he can be kept in the game and not taken out and only play 17 minutes against the Dallas Mavericks. Well, I think That's you're going to play the, the guys that are playing the best, and Correct, he's not been the best. why so he hasn't played, uh, and we're about to get into some further themes here and on I, our docket about being a fourth of the way through the season. My, my, point, is, my point is not Josh Giddy is playing well. My point is... This does not mean Josh Giddy's time in OKC is over. He needs to be oh, traded. No. Correct. None of that's, us are. That's what I'm seeing. I think that's my argument again on uh, none other than X.com. It's like criticizing Josh is not saying that it's over. The Thunder need to trade him, but it is fair to point out his poor play and his his the, the negative impact that he's had. I don't have the plus minus pull up in front of me. I wish I had more time uh, heading into this podcast, but it hasn't been good, and that's the reason he only played 17 minutes last night but it's not just josh Agreed. either it, it, like to justin's point it was really good to see j-dub had to have a, a i guess you would call it a bounce back game i kind of saw this point earlier last night as well so there's a lot that goes into that and i think you bring up a really good point as well nick just trying to find his role within this team i'm just looking for more efficient efficiency from which josh is really hard when you go from not the, the best player to the fourth right. best player that's, i'm not asking for him damn hard it correct yeah, for I'm, sure i'm not asking for him to do like what he did in the the uh, playing game or not the playing game 
Yeah, the playing game. Yeah. Getting Pelican. confused with my play-in and in-season tournament. Uh, <laughs> but with the playing game where he had like 30 and Fleur with a triple-double, like we aren't asking for that. I just would like to see him be more efficient. He's really struggling. When, you, when you're unable to space the floor on this team and not able to defend, that's an issue. And that's why he only played 17 minutes last night. Yeah, I, he's I, he's definitely been struggling. And normally you would say, you know, give him time. It's a new role. He's doing things that he wasn't doing before, being asked to like be in different positions and spots right. that aren't his bread and butter. But I I just worry that all of the other things going on kind of prevent him from breaking out of that. It's almost like the perfect storm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, again, like I don't think they're gonna trade Josh or anything like that. Uh, but we are getting to the size of the sample now where you look at it and you say like the production just hasn't been there. And like you guys, I, I think of it less as like mouths to feed and more as you just have so many more options and versatility to make things yeah, work. That's a better and way. Of they've it. been leaning defense to close games yep. and shooting. They're, they're yep. guys and, that can defend for spacing. That's all I was yeah. going to say. So they're guys that can defend can score buckets. And I also wonder is some of it, Shay's assist numbers are up and Shay, Shay took four shots in the second half. That's Shay was crazy. trying to set people up yesterday for sure. And when Shay starts to get more into that role of his game, that's that's like Giddy's thing. Mm -hmm. And so when Shay starts to eat into that, that's a little bit less for Giddy. And I don't know what Giddy does differently to balance that out. Does that yeah. make sense? I, I it's spot on. It's, it's this spot weird on. pull and push yep. and this this tug back and forth. Yep. That's gonna still, take a while to figure out. Still second on the team in rebounding, second on the team in assists. So yeah, my my problem totally. is the discourse he's not impacting the game. That's just For, that's just it's like, overblown. That's hundred percent the wrong thing to say. Totally. With agree. that being said, we're 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 kind of diving off a little bit from last <laughs> night's game. But with that being said, like I don't know if I would justify him getting like he's going to start, but I don't know. Like I think Kaysen deserves the more minutes right now, just because he's been yeah. more productive. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Joe, Kaysen, yeah, the Thunder have found like a winning formula, and Giddy's not necessarily a a, a big part of that right, right now. Which is and fine. Just, and he's not even like stops, and not yeah, until it stops working here. But yeah. he's he's not even really playing to his game. Uh, mm -hmm. That's something that Mark talked a lot about. I feel about. like there's a lot of forcing. Correct. Trying so, to find it. Trying the, to fit in. The shots taken in traffic, the the pass it, the forced passes when he's driving. It's just, it's not the giddy. He just seems very uncomfortable and off his game right now. And I hope he can just find that group again, I guess, to yeah. take us back home on the giddy topic. For sure. All right. Let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we are going to revisit some of our bets from before the season to see how we are feeling 25% of the way through the regular season. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at virginia.org. And we are back. So, gentlemen, I figured we would probably want to reflect on the first quarter of the season, look back preseason at where we were and what we were thinking, and see how those feelings have changed now that we're 25% of the way through the season. I didn't pull all of our bets because some of them are like just not applicable. It doesn't make sense to talk about them. For example, I had a bet that uh, Poku and Chet would share the court a bunch and have like a, a great plus minus. That's like, there's no point in talking about it. Right? <laughs> like there, there's Indeed. no point in talking about it. So uh, we're going to look at some of the ones that I think are a little more nuanced and have a little more discussion. Uh, first one, JD, this was uh, a bet you made, so you get to kick us off. Yep. You bet that the Thunder would win more games than the Dallas Mavericks. And you know what? They have two more wins than them right now, so that feels okay. It doesn't feel great. Uh, I was kind of hoping they'd be bad, and they're not bad. What I should have done and what I almost did was say Memphis and not Dallas. I would have won that one very easily. Um, <laughs> this one's still tough. Like if I'm if I were to evaluate it right now, it's gonna be it feels like a coin flip almost. Because I mean so either makes one it a good bet. Yeah, it's a great great bet. What is the I don't know what the payout is. Hopefully it's not anything uh, horrific. But uh, <laughs> I can yeah. pull that up real quick. Hold on. Luka Doncic was tattoo it, on your left cheek. Isn't that the one where you're gonna go run shirtless through the mall? No, Nick. It's was not that is that a bet? Hey, so how many charges have you taken from your bet last season? I'm curious. You know what? I've taken <laughs> multiple mental charges from thinking about it. <laughs> I think we, we probably should, if you're not gonna do that, find an alternative. And that all bets fun. get paid off on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be ducking the smoke, JD. Nope. All right. Uh the next one we will dive in. Any, anyone have any more thoughts on that one? I mean, it, it is going to be a very close one. And play. Not to like, good take us back to last night's post game, but I was a little disappointed with the 30 0 run given the amount of players a little. the Mavericks. With the, well, I mean, just in general. <laughs> yes. Just in For general. Sure. That that felt like, like Kyrie, the Thunder came out Josh after Green. the third quarter and assumed that the Mavs were just gonna lay down. Correct. And, good point. Like there's Silva and I talked about this earlier today. There's one of two ways to look at it. There's, oh, this is bullshit. They gave up a 30 0 run against a, a Mavs team that was missing two of their top five players. And there's the other side of the coin that the Thunder responded with like a 17 to four run to close out the game and win it despite After the wheels coming the off. The game. And that right. takes a lot of teams can't do that. Yep. And in and, and the face of adversity, came back and, and won it, you know? Totally. Next one, Nick. This was a bet that you made. Uh, you said that J-Dub would finish second highest on the team in all-star voting. How are you Not feeling good. about this 25% of the way in? Not good. 
<laughs> I still don't think it was like necessarily a bad. You want to elaborate? Or, uh... Um, I don't think any of us thought Chet was going to be this good this early. Nope. Um, I, I honestly think if preseason we were making these bets, when I said J Dub is second, I bet most people on this pod were thinking, "Could it be Josh? Not could it be Chet?" That's above. I him. I was arguing True. heavily. It was Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it still could be. I mean, change, things happen. He's not going to gonna make Josh's but... life so much easier. I mean, yeah. there's there's <laughs> I there's a lot to I was say about how that. good Chet's been, even with all yeah. the hype he had. Like, he might actually be an all star at this rate. That's insane. Spice. We got to talk about it soon. What if what if he became an all star over dude? Crazy. The thing that watching that Mavs game, I'm and I know we've talked about it on this podcast. And I know we're talking about a J-Dub bet, not a Chet bet. But the lobs, man. Every time Derek Lively got an oop, like, I just, I want that out of the Thunder's offense so bad. Mm-hmm. Because the opportunities are lobs there. Then. Yes. Like, Luca threw so many just, like, excellent lobs. Like, driving across the lane. Pop it, it happened so fast. Yep. And those opportunities are there for OKC. And if Chet adds that, to his repertoire, like good lord. Good. Yeah, I don't think it's no. Chet adding it. I think it's no, no, the guys no, around him. I just meant like when he starts getting yeah, yeah. that in his offensive game, it's like it's you give him be, two lobs a game. He's, he's averaging twenty plus. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that would be uh, Josh throwing those lobs up to him, but same. I digress. Yeah, Kason, <laughs> Kason will do it. Yeah. Um, hey, just real quick, J Dub on the season. Uh, J Dub and Chet tied in points per game at seventeen point six, which is interesting. Um, Chet's been more efficient. J-Dub has been 17.6 points on 51-36-88 splits. He's also four rebounds, four assists, uh, and about a steal a game. The wild part is I feel like the Thunder just now tapping into J-Dub. I would like to see them find a way to get the ball in his hands more, even when he's playing alongside Shea. Um, because J-Dub has been really great next point. I, I still don't think that's a wild, like, Bad yeah, at all. It's just to Nick's point, Chet's been awesome. Well, I mean, Nick, if I told you preseason that J Dub 25% of the way into the year would be 18, 4, and 4 on 50, 36, 88. I mean, I think you say hell yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I this is maybe this is me he being says, hell the, maybe. This is me being the, oh, the grounded me. guy on the pod. <laughs> I and this could change with it. I thought he'd be a 20 a night kind of guy. The reason he's not is because Chet is a 17 and a half a guy, a night kind of guy. I thought Chet would be like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, J-Dub's efficiency is a little bit down overall, which, I mean, the dude was like historically good at the rim yeah. last season, so you expected that. Um, he's been awesome. I'm not saying J-Dub's been bad. He's, he's been so damn good. But I did kind of expect a bigger leap. There are one, two... Five Thunder players who play significant minutes who are shooting 50% or better from the field. That's wild. Insane. That's awesome. Is and that also like, like barely selection? sustainable. Yeah, is that, do you guys think that's like shot selection? Do you think it's the quality of open shots that the offense is generating? Or is that just, oh shit, there's a lot of good players on this team? I saw that. I think that it's a product is, of the offense. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I Jay, is 54, J-Dub is 51, Chet is 53, Kaysen is 60, and Kenrich is 54. Yeah, that's insane. Good offense, Mark. 
It's been really impressive. Uh, next bet was another bet that Nick made that said Chet would have more than 173 blocks this season. Nick, how are you feeling about that? Uh, I'm getting the numbers pulled up right now because I did not prep this. Yeah. Um, He's at 42 through 19 games. So he's tracking for about a hundred and yeah. Yeah. He's, he's kind of on track. Yeah. Um, I feel okay about it. 168 pace. He, he'd, he'd have to, he'd have to play all games to keep up this pace. Mm-hmm. Um, his blocks have been down recently. Before Dallas, he had like a three game stretch with yeah. like one or two a game, which I'm hilarious. And I'm like <laughs> scoffing at one or two a game, but um, peasant. I still feel good about that, to be honest with you. I think I think that's fair. Those and his blocks last night were so timely; like they were so they were. crucial to that run. It was awesome. He he was everything you'd hoped down the stretch of that game. One hundred percent, especially after not necessarily having like such a big game, like we saw against Golden State, for example, uh, earlier in the game. I I agreed. Showed up when it mattered. Yep. All right, our next one was a bet Taylor made. He said that OKC would be top two in the league in fast break offense or transition offense. Oh, I crushed um, this one. Going to be honest, I don't have that pulled up. So I, I've, I've, I've got up. you right here, Jacob, to take my victory lap uh, of only a fourth of the way through the season. But that doesn't matter. Uh, they're behind only the number one offense in the entire NBA, and they need Indiana Pacers who continue to score like asinine numbers even when – uh, Halliburton is out. That was wild. They scored 144. Uh, was what was that? What was it last night? I think uh, without Halliburton, that was crazy. But uh, they are second in uh, transition possessions at 22.1. Uh, they have 1.17 points per possession in transition compared to the Pacers 1.19, which is really impressive. So you measure efficiency and volume? All the above. Because they're not, I, I they're not go. top two in fast break for transition points, Taylor. You're really picking and choosing your metrics here, buddy. <laughs> You're gonna have to go back and uh, this is see what the NBA.com transition. Oh, let's see. Yeah, transition points per game. Where are they at? Twenty five point eight, which is secondly behind the Indiana Pacers at twenty seven point three. There we go. Okay. That makes and more sense. Let's see. We we had a hard time defining oh, this bet. Whenever they we also oh, I went back and looked most, at the bet, and it was the most like <laughs> jocker. Yeah, like you have to get like a tree, like a <laughs> break out like a tree to like. I was wondering if Taylor was trying to cheat the system because he was hey, like, yes, they have this. They have if this I make it many, too complicated, I can't lose the bet. They have this are... many transition opportunities and this many points for possession. And I'm like, so how many points do they have in transition, Taylor? Can you enlighten us? <laughs> the official bet we landed on is. The Thunder will rank top two in transition possession slash offense slash opportunity. <laughs> it's the most Taylor bet of all I time. Can't, I can't lose that bet. It, that is bulletproof right there. That's how you can Anyways, win it either. And all transition uh, transition points per game so far, four or points per game, transition stats uh, a fourth of the way through the season. They're behind only the Indiana Pacers, according to NBAStats.com. We're gonna have to bring nailed in a it. We're gonna have to bring in an unbiased competition committee to determine who wins this. <laughs> what about the college football playoff? <laughs> what about a lawyer? Uh, the next bet was another JD bet. He said that J Dub would shoot over thirty-three and a half percent from three this season. 
J-Dub currently shooting 36%. There you go. That's a Jay De Silva bet right there. Yep. And I'm going to win it, I think. I like that one. I like it a lot. I felt like he's not shot the ball great from three so far this season either. Agreed. He splashed them last night, and they were catching shoots that looked beautiful. Yep. Yep. I can notice. I notice he he hesitates a little bit. He's not like that's not the first shot he looks for if he catches it behind the perimeter. I feel. Yeah, like. he wants to attack. He wants to he use does. that that strength and that physicality to get to mm-hmm. the basket. But yeah, I feel good about that one. That's it. Agreed. Yeah, like what thirty six, thirty seven percent is like league average now. Yeah. Yeah. He gets there yeah. on his current attempts. I think that's like really exciting. I just that's shows great. the increased yeah, I think role that's a great sign. of Dub's offense or Dub's role in this offense. Yeah. Uh, last one was a bet that I made that said Kaysen Wallace would play more games and minutes than Vasilye Mitsich. Wow. I'm flabbergasted that you chose this bet of yours <laughs> in this segment. <laughs> well, I told you some of my other ones are awful and just don't really warrant <laughs> conversation. Um, and I wanted to talk about this one because. Preseason, we were all saying, is like 10 the over-under on G League games for Kaysen? Yeah, he ain't going there. <laughs> he ain't going. Yeah. He's a top seven guy on this team, and he's the youngest guy on the team. And he's he's just so good, dude. Like, I know we talk about him a lot. I just, I feel like we're, he doesn't get the recognition he deserves sometimes because he's just been so great at never forcing anything and just playing within the game, making the right plays, um, looking for his teammates, never forcing anything. He's just a really good, really good player. And I've been incredibly impressed. Knows where to be off ball. Like that's been the biggest thing for me. Like his ability to not only like know where to cut and move off ball, but to even just like, it's almost like a wide receiver in football to make an analogy there, like to be able to stay in the pocket. Uh, you know instead of cutting are? all the way to the rim, I mean, he's been fantastic at that, and it's led to a lot of opportunities for the Thunder. Not just with, with him like getting opportunities at the basket, but even creating for others. And I think what we talked about earlier is Mark would kind of like to see him be a little more aggressive in those situations, attacking the basket. Uh, but he's so unselfish, and that's just like a great quality to have, especially within this offense. Wide receivers, Taylor. Yeah, that's right. I, I, the Chiefs could use some of those, Nick. They sure could. <laughs> they could use they could use a case in Wallace right now. He's just been dope, and defensively, dope. he's he's really blown away what I thought he would do defensively, and I thought he'd be really good defensively. I'd be curious to see where he stacks up among other rookies right now. Like, is he a top six rookie right now? You'd hey, say? He, is he a top? Please, he's been and, uh, nine rookie. Yeah, he he's been getting ranked like top five, six, seven. You know, it's like Chet, Victor, Jaime Jaquez. Shout out to that guy. Asar. Derek Lively. Yeah. I'd say he's probably more 7 to 10, but still yeah, impressive. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. What you oh, don't want is your rookie that you drafted in the lottery to right? not be a lottery player. Yep. Right? Yeah, he's been awesome. You mean like Josh? I, I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> you, know who's, you know who's bets? Kidding, kidding. Didn't get discussed? Mine. Because they're not good. <laughs> they're not looking <laughs> good. Oh, no. <laughs> What are just they? like your uh, season like, predictions, Justin? Ju- hey, <laughs> <laughs> some of us went winless, or uh, sorry, <laughs> went perfect last week, including the money ball. No, uh, you know, bets like Josh Giddy's gonna dunk the ball, um, <laughs> or the Thunder don't... make the final four in the in season tournament, or the Thunder make the final four in the in season <laughs> tournament, things that are not looking great. Nice, that's all the bets I have. Do you guys want to? 
Was there any more you remember that you wanted to discuss that you think are pretty uh, applicable for um, kind of our, our quarter of the season check-in? I'm looking through them right now. Lou Dort making the all-defense team. <laughs> there might SGA be another make, guy. SGA making the all-defense team? Yeah, no kidding. There might be. Hayden. Well, also, we've, we haven't mentioned it. The Thunder have a new draft pick to make in 19 years, boys. Oh, yes. Little Shabante Jr. Hey, Gilgis Alexander Jr. will be draft eligible eligible in about 19 years from now. SDAJ, baby. I mean, at that point, Noah Westbrook will probably be like in his fourth, fifth, sixth year with the Thunder. You bring in Shabante Jr. I mean, what a tandem for the Thunder in 20, I don't know, 50. Math. <laughs> Twitter detectives told me Shane Haley were breaking up because of things they did on Instagram. So <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, instead they're having a baby. <laughs> I hope they name it after. So me. close. Speaking of Instagram, I can't oh, wait guys. to talk about this Warriors game next week too. It's gonna be sick. Ooh, oh yeah, speaking of giant, that extra motivation there from that that yeah. Shay Instagram. Well, post. speaking of, let's move on to the predictions of the week. Uh, Justin, do we have an update on the standings? Do we ever? Uh, so we have introduced the Moneyball format where a each host gets to designate a Moneyball game. They get double the points. Everyone but one person hit the Moneyball this week. So we're off to a blazing start. Here's the updated Ooh. standings. Dang, this is sick. You see Jacob. Ooh. Jacob's still holding firm at 11 points. Taylor and Silva tied at 10. Nick made up some ground at nine, as did I at seven. Uh, I didn't, I don't have the spreadsheet pulled up in front of me. Me and Nick, and I think Jacob all went perfect mm -hmm. this week, not only getting all three game results correct, but also getting the money ball. Uh, can't be if, if I recall correctly, everybody hit their money ball this week, did they? Oh, oh, I messed this up. Oh boy. Because I didn't minus people. Well, no, everyone hit their money ball. So I didn't give everyone the extra <laughs> point. Um, if somebody misses the money ball, they lose points. Mm -hmm. I didn't give anybody the extra point for the money ball. So these are all increased by one. Here's what we're oh. gonna do. I got I got a proposition here. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Your money ball. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your position on the live stream coincides with the rankings that's what jacob was trying to say earlier and i told him <laughs> that's doing too much i think it's i think it'd be awesome that's the reason i haven't been scoring a lot of points because i'm always here and i just want to stay <laughs> my picture I, I think we should do whoever has the most points that week gets to talk the most on the pod and whoever has the least <laughs> oh, point oh wow gets the least amount of I just time on the pod jacob i already talk so much i mean we're fighting i just won't, i just won't join the pods so <laughs> So it's technically 12, 11, 11, 10, and 8. That's me, Taylor, JD, Nick, and then Justin. Gentlemen, we have two games to predict this week. The first one would be a matchup for the ages, boys. It's the Nick. Gonna make him <laughs> yes. look like a little boy. Oh, this one's gonna be... If they win that game, we are tweeting that out so many times. It's not even going to be funny. People are going to unfollow the account, and, if and I don't lose, care. We might deactivate. This is also true. <laughs> Wednesday, boy. Wednesday down <laughs> That's... in Houston, 
the Thunder will take on the Rockets. The Rockets are eight and nine on the season, four and six in their last ten. Hey Jacob, what's their road record? They're eight and one at home, and I think zero oh and eight on the road. They are zero oh and eight on the road. <laughs> not, so I have this that game, one queued up. Yeah. This game is in <laughs> Houston, yes. so that bodes well for the Rockets. Justin, you're in last place. You got to make the uh, the first prediction. OKC is beating the Rockets. Uh, they're going to be eight and two at home, and Chet's going to make Shangun look like a little boy. <laughs> I love it. Don't forget that you guys got to let us know which one is your money ball of the week as well. Okay. Just got a comment. <laughs> I know. Cheddiesburg I versus Turkey Jesus. Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm deceased. <laughs> yeah, I pulled that up. So good. Um, next is Smoot. Nick. I've got a W for the Thunder here as well. I think it's going to be a gritty one. This is not going to be a blowout. Um, I hate to say this. <laughs> Uh oh, he's he's hedging. He's but hedging actually, everyone. I love to say this. I think that Dylan Brooks gets ejected from this game. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm be surprised at all. I thought you were going with something. Spicy. I, I, going I, I head did head. not think that's what was coming. No, next. I thought you were about to lock in the L. I thought you were going to say like Shangun's going to have a triple double though. That's like, what I thought. Shay's like, going to make you know, Dylan Brooks look like a little boy. <laughs> Neither of you are locking this game, right? No. All right, next in line. Wait, no, hang on. What I, I maybe the is you you make us send this in like <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> and you can't send it to me whenever. <sighs> but this, <laughs> I'm locking this in. This is my money ball. The well, okay, we got here. One. It is. <laughs> that doesn't feel right. <laughs> I just feels like I missed money ball. <laughs> I just keep. <laughs> we need. We need. We need Matt Pinto. Like cha-ching. Yeah, are we allowed That's to do that? I want to hear. We're allowed to do that. I can make that happen. Or you can just take my impression of Matt Pinto. Yeah, ah, there you How go. How do you send us a cha-ching, a Thunder Money Ball? <laughs> anyway, Some of the comments in the chat just crack me up. Okay, see, Rockets <laughs> is my Money Ball. Uh, Taylor, what is your prediction? Thunder versus Rockets. I went back and forth on this particular game, but I'm uh, per usual going to be the optimist and say this is another win. I am not locking it in as my Money Ball. Per usual, meaning the guy that went one and two last week. <laughs> hey, hey, look at the standings there. JD, what's your prediction on this one? There's only one way for me to go here, and that is a win with the money ball. I'm going win as well. Uh, they've got to win this one. They have to. They have to win this one. The The vibes will be so bad. If they yeah, lose so bad, only two games this week, guys, no the NBA uh, making us go through a drought as the Thunder will play the Warriors at home Friday night for the fourth time this season. The Thunder will have played the Warriors. Uh, what will that be like? I think that is the fourth time. 20 percent of their games will be against the Warriors. <laughs> Man, is it the fourth or the third might be fourth. the third. No, they it's play, fourth. They played the last time they, they played the back to back in the back to back. Those boys will be it. together. And the Warriors. The Warriors, Warriors are nine and 11 on the season. There might be some conspiracies there. I don't know. Uh, three and seven in their last 10. <laughs> Does Draymond uh, melt still beams? No, come saying. on. Jesus. <laughs> 
reverse Taylor's order always got this the time. hot iron just right there at the end. Just always ready. Just us with it. I I will lead us off. I am taking <laughs> Paycom Center Friday night Warriors. Place is gonna be lit. Give me the W, and give me that sweet old Thunder Moneyball. I'll make this easy because I had the same exact thing. Win Thunder Moneyball. JD, what do you got? Me too. Me too. Oh, we got three. Whoa. (laughs) I have a, I have a, in intra week bet that I'd like to make. Intra? Intra, inter. I always get the, that's the hardest thing for me to figure out. It's really difficult. That's like me with effect, effect. Just, I I just wing it. It, Write them both. If Dylan Brooks gets ejected Wednesday and Draymond Green gets ejected Friday, I get, a, I get a free point on the prediction standings, but I have no downside. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Really odds of that? I, could, I could put I mean, a dollar in Vegas to... and get like a million dollars of that. It's a no. pretty good parlay right there. No. Uh, someone play the parlay sounder. I've never made a parlay in my life. Yes, thank you. Well done. <laughs> No, absolutely not, Nick. You guys all three locked that one up as your money ball? Yeah. If the first one wasn't the money ball, the second one had to be. Oh, yeah. Two I'm games. a little anxious uh, about this week's uh, process honest. of elimination. Yeah. Anyway, I picked an L. Am I the only one picked an L? Trady, what'd you pick? Andy. A dub. Yep. Further okay. back in the stand. This is where I make up my ground. I'm not going to feel good about it. It's but the it's right move, happen. Justin. It's the right it move, is. I think. It's Strategically, it's the right move. It's getting later. Vibes, it's the wrong move. This is me. Sure. This is me on prices right bidding a dollar when all of you just bid like three thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't feel good about it. Yeah. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take our next break of the night. On the other side, we will take a trip around the association, and we are back. Silva, take us for a ride. I don't even know where you're sitting at. (laughs) We'll make around the association pretty quick since we're already an hour in. Uh, Do want to give the listeners a little uh, inside baseball here, though. JD has killed my dreams. I have. And my hopes. Um, <laughs> I have nothing left to live for. I have been Keep trying going. to cook up this sounder for weeks. Oh. And it's this... just not going to happen. What? No. It's not going to happen, guys. JD, will you please explain what the sounder was and what we did to try to make it happen? Yes. Um, so the sounder was going to be, and here's the weirdest shit in the world. So, <laughs> so we knew we knew this sounder was being made. We we knew this sounder was being made, and the night after we were told about that, I had a dream that the sounder was me saying "fellas, fellas" in the tune of the Oompa Loompa theme song. That was a dream I had. I wish I was lying. So Jacob goes to work with some with some people with some people that do audio stuff and they were trying to crop it it was me saying fellas but to the same tune of Kawhi 
you know, all chopped up. So fellas, my dream fellas, was fellas, fellas. Yeah. Fellas, my dream fellas, was not fellas, that far fellas, off. Fellas, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Why, why yeah. isn't it happening? Well, it just doesn't sound good. We've done everything we can. Quitters. Can we I've... hear the almost good version? <laughs> no, I don't have. <laughs> I think it'd be better if it was just awful. Yeah. I agree. You got nothing. Created I even had Silva just go in and make the sounds with his voice. <laughs> tried to get the audio. He went acapella. I tried to do it like 15 times. It sounds horrible. He took. He refused to do it whenever his uh, his girlfriend was at home. He said she had to be out of the building. I don't want her. It's not like a madman. You know how many times you have to say fellas to line up with that entire 25 second sound? A lot of effing times. Fellas. I'm just imagining you going acapella with Jacob. What? Even more than that, though, I can picture oh Silva doing gosh. it and like taking it like really seriously. Like I'm I was like a He's scene so from dead. Whiplash again. Yeah, like, basically doing that. But it's just yeah, him you know, screaming at himself. Say fellas 30 times in the first eight seconds, and you have you know another 16 <laughs> seconds left. It's pretty tough. It's only so many fellas you can throw out in that 30 All right. Seconds. Quarter of the way, uh, NBA season awards. Who are winning them? 25% of the way in. Let's start with MVP. What would be the top three in order right now if you had to guess? 25% of the way in the season. Jokic. The Jokic is number one. I don't Embiid. think it's close. Luca. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little whimper from Silva. I think Jokic. Your cat Embiid. just meow. Justin. <laughs> 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 I think Jokic and Bead is the top two for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it is probably a toss-up between you know Luca Tatum. SGA actually Tatum Tatum's efficiency. I think Shay's in like some of like the uh, like the NBA yeah. rankings uh, was tied for third last week. Yep. Yeah, which is pretty yeah. awesome. I have Lucas at number three as well. I mean, he's just being he's the been insane, insane, including last night in the, in the loss. I mean, that I think I saw a stat like him and only one other player, probably Oscar Robinson, off the top of my head, had Robertson. scored like Robinson. Robert. I think it's Robinson. I'm very Robert. congested right now. It's not Robinson. <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> is it His Robert? name is Oscar Robertson, not Robinson. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> I guess he didn't he say. Said, I said Robinson. <laughs> Oscar. I was Oscar. doubling Oscar. down on it. Double down. Here he goes. Oscar Robertson. <laughs> I doubled oh. down on it. Never mind. <laughs> my stats are relevant. Oh hey, I'm God. a prophet. All right. I need you all to remember that. <laughs> Top three defensive player of the year candidates in order. Okay, Jacob, you have to do this one. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert. Jacob, you have to do this one. I'm so sorry. You have to do this one, Jacob. What, lead us off with yes. defensive player? R- rank him. That is correct. Uh, I think Rudy's one. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. <sighs> he has yeah. to be. He has to be. It's so good. Um, God, I don't even know where to go from there. Bam. AD? Bam's been good. AD's been good. Um, I was, uh, uh, McDaniel's from Minnesota, but he hasn't played enough. Lopez? Lopez has been good. Chet Holmgren. I mean, Chetty. I think Chet's top six and their top six or seven at odds. Oh, really? Like I didn't that. know that. Yeah, yeah, he's climbing. I mean, like at the, at this rate, Chet is is 
well on track for an all NBA team or all, all, all defensive team rather. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. God, if he made all That's NBA team, I'd pass out. <laughs> don't tell us. Don't tell us. <laughs> I like the mystery. Um, top three rookie of the year candidates. 25% of the way in. Chet Wemby is sar. Oh, Chet Wemby, Jaime Hawkins. That's fair. Are we? This is halfway through the exercise. Is probably the wrong time to ask this question. <laughs> are, are we ranking these based off what we think or what, like w- what we feel they should be or what we think they will be? This today or like if the season ended today or what we think? Yeah, like today. it. Like who's leading right now? Oh, who's right leading now. in my heart? That's how I viewed it. Or who do I think is leading in the actual people that get to vote on this? The actual award. Victor Wimanyama, number one. See, I I get it, and I think Justin's just being a bit of a pessimist here. I'm not and being like, a pessimist. I'm just saying, like, if the I think you're wrong, was, actually. If the vote, was I think today, the narrative is shifting. The narrative, I do too. It's shifting, I, shifting. Suck, bro. Dude, the the odds already. So, odds are based on long term, like end of season. And Chet is already now the favorite. I don't know if there's a person out there that would say Victor has been better this season. I'm not saying that either, but that doesn't mean the votes will go that way. I am. I am pretty damn confident. If the vote was today, Chet would win by a landslide. I think so too. Do you I think, think it'd be a landslide so. if they voted right now? I do too. So a I scenario, really say the Spurs win less than 20 games, but for the final third of the season, Wemby plays better than he has at this point. You know, his efficiency numbers are pretty low. Does that get him rookie of the year? Yeah, I think Wemby playing better than he has so far is Wemby playing like Chet. Right. And if Wemby does it for a third of the season and Chet does it for the whole season. I think, I think Chet, so Chet's actually the favorite today in sports books. Um, and Wemby going from like a minus 500, which is like, a lock like that would be like Oklahoma play. City going to play the the Spurs tomorrow, and that would be probably like minus five hundred Thunder money line. For him to plummet from minus five hundred to now second says a lot about how good Chet's been. But they're very much leaving the door open for Victor, yeah, to have a good close to the season. True. I've got Chet number one. I do too. I don't I've think it's Vic I don't think it's two. close today. Agreed. I think Asar and Jaime Hawkes. Is debatable. Um, I think Jaime is third for me right now. Hell yeah, Nick. More Mexicans in the NBA. He's playing 30-something minutes recently. That's wild. And With actually Miami impacting Heat's winning. Insane. Not even like a rebuilding team. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been fantastic. Him, him and Asar is kind of like Chet and Victor. It's like big hype, yeah. and then like the guy that you didn't expect to be better than them. Yeah, And the guy that's actually impacting and winning. Also yeah. on a good right. team. Not right. right, exactly. I also had... First team all defense and first team all NBA. Um, we don't have to dive into those because that would take a while. So my question is, does a Thunder player make either of those teams? One in each. I would like oh. to. Yeah, because I, I would like to say that Shea would be first team. Is it the same guy in each, Nick? No. Who is it? Shea all NBA. I think Shea will be kind of like Dort has the last few years where he gets like votes for mm-hmm. all defense, but he doesn't yeah. get the award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although last night 
that's like a staple defensive player of the year type type play. Um, I think Chet. I do think Chet gets a an all defense team. The remind me, do all defensive teams? Is it just top five, or do, does it have to be by position? Uh, I don't know if they changed that. Like they changed all NBA. All NBA. That's what I was wondering. I think Shea's mm-hmm. a lock for a first team all NBA right now. Twenty five percent of the way into the season, he is a lock. Hey, non first team. I would put Halliburton up there as the other. I mean, again, it's positionless now. I get it, but the other guard, technically uh, above Fox, awesome. who's been awesome. No, Luca. How do you? Oh, that's another. But four. Luca can probably be countered. Well, again, is there any positional on? So if you got NBA? Jokic and Embiid, you got three spots left. You got Luca, Tatum, Shea. Shea. Luka. I don't know where you. Halliburton. Oh, awesome. Tatum. That's a good point. I don't know where you're putting Tatum, Tatum though. You have to put Tatum in there. Ooh, like it's tough. Basically, you're talking, yeah, Halliburton, Shea. I think I think Shea makes it. It's not a question for me right now. Defensive impact, yeah. He's a lock for first team All NBA right now for me. Where the eighteen team months is, ago, imagine saying that he's going to be a lock. No shit, back. Yeah, agreed. For back yeah. to back, like that's that's wild. This ain't no Trey Young one good season kind of thing. He's dude. I didn't think he could get better off of last season. And that dude shooting 54% from the floor right now, basically just taking, good. I just cooked the shit out of you mid-range. <laughs> I'm, just gonna hit mid- I'm not getting foul calls. So I'm just going to hit the mid-range. Yeah, He's doing a lot of what Chris Paul does. And we mm-hmm. talked about that earlier, like just finding a mismatch, finding a guy that he knows how to exploit on a given play and just cooking him. That they still talk. They're definitely boys. Yeah. You saw the clip. That's still that. at yeah. the end of the game last night. That's, that's MVP level shit right there. Mm-hmm. That's all first team all defense type of shit right there. Like that was very, very impressive. Yeah. I wonder that if there's good. first team if there's all defense odds. Let's see. Um, live, research. live research on the pod. There is not. There's just defensive player of the year. Mm. Shay's gotta be on that. Where do you guys think he is in defensive player of the year odds? Thirteenth. 11th. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't either. I don't... Just say a number. Top 15. 17. I will okay. say this. I've <laughs> looked at a few books now, and he's not in the top 20. Take Ooh. that as you will for mm. an all-defensive team projection. Vegas does not make the votes. But Vegas is almost always damn right. Yeah, Vegas is always picking up the votes. <laughs> JD, I think it's time for us to get out of here. You're right. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning into the pod tonight. If you're on the live stream, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching live. If you're listening to the audio version of this on your podcast platform of choice, we appreciate that too. Make sure to drop that five-star rating. Write a little review. If you are on the live stream, hit that like button. Or if you're watching a YouTube video afterwards, just helps out the algorithm, helps more people see us. We are vastly and quickly approaching the 2K mark on YouTube for followers. That would be a really cool milestone for us. So hit that like button, tell your friends, help out the algorithm, please. It's not a very busy week in Thunderland this week. We'll be back with you guys Wednesday after... The Thunder make the Rockets look like a bunch of little boys. And then we have the Sunday pod. Well, actually, we'll do a Friday post game after the Golden State Warriors. 
And then we'll be back Sunday for the weekly show as always. You guys have a great beginning of your week. We'll see you in three days. Until then, as always, thunder up. <laughs>